Have you heard the latest track by Drake and The Weeknd, Hard on My Sleeve? As the kids say, it's a banger. It slaps. At least I think that's what the kids say. There's only one problem with it. Neither artist had anything to do with it. The song was created entirely by AI. We always assumed the creation of art and music was a domain solely reserved for humans who could channel divine inspiration. Maybe we were wrong. It's still too early to tell, but are we about to witness a tidal wave of formulaic musical mediocrity or an AI-assisted renaissance of sorts? Hmm, maybe I could become a pop star. Welcome to Up Against Reality, a meta-podcast that explores the intersection of humanity and artificial intelligence. I'm Reina, one of your hosts. I have some pretty charming human co-hosts, too. You'll meet them shortly. It truly is a brave new world, and we're here to simplify it for you. It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up as AI comes crashing up against reality. Hello, hello. Hey, I found a post on social media that fits today's theme perfectly. Humans doing the hard jobs on minimum wage while the robots write poetry and paint is not the future I wanted. Carl Sharo. I don't know who that guy is, but isn't it perfect? That's great. That's heavy and uh, makes you pause. (laughs) It does. Have you heard that song that Raina was talking about? That weekend Drake tune? Yeah. 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 It's... uh... Uh, you know, with with all the playing with with text to image generators, and I'm like, oh, this is the coolest thing. I'm like, am I going to feel the same way when it when when it comes to music? Because that's something like near and dear to my heart. <laughs> right. You know, I've spent uh, most of my life, you know, uh, most of my adult life, and um, you know, either in a band or recording music or engineering recording sessions. And, and, uh, so yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, may, maybe I'll feel differently as soon as I start to play with it. I'll be, be like, Oh my God, this is so great. I can generate yeah. a new Bob Marley song. But, exactly. Yeah. Isn't that going to be crazy? That's, that's funny. You say Bob Marley, because I was thinking, aren't we just literally 30 seconds away from being able to take our favorite artists like for the Beatles, for example, just take all their, for me, the sweet spot for the Beatles is uh, Sergeant Pepper revolver and Abbey road. I want to take those things, feed them into an AI that's been you know, tuned, I guess is the word to accept musical information. And then I want you to take that information and create an entirely new work right? the unreleased masterwork of that artist. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like I'm conflicted. Um, you know, the yeah. one the one thing with with the text to image stuff is, you know, you you can look at it that well, just like any other creative person that they're they're pulling from their influences. So that's what it's doing. But at the same time, you can tell Midjourney to uh create a painting in the style of a given artist and it will it will do it. And that's different. And uh, so, yeah, part of me feels like if if we did, a, you know, if, if there was just write me a song that is a combination of these influences or in this style or some other things that, mm-hmm. that, that appeal to you musically, maybe I wouldn't feel so dirty about it, you know? <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't just know, dirty. man. These yeah. are uncharted waters, man. I know it's a slippery slope, right? And it's I, I wrote in my notes here. Is this another Vanilla Ice moment? Like, if you remember Vanilla Ice, what was that, nineteen eighty nine? And right, everybody knows that riff. Even 
you know, everybody knows that riff from Queens under pressure with David Bowie, but this guy Vanilla Ice comes along and he samples it. One of the first, not one of the first, but like one of the bigger profile examples of sampling. And Queen was like, who is this Joker? Nothing's ever going to become of this. The song blows up and it becomes a phenomenon. And, you know, sampling, even though it came about somewhat prior to that, really launches into the mainstream and becomes a, a point of contention, right? Where does intellectual property end i can't i, I can't remember what what became of that uh w there was a lawsuit right i i saw an interview with brian may where they thought this guy was a joker and they didn't pursue it i don't know if they ultimately did but at, at the time of that interview they didn't go after hmm. him yeah so, it's been a long time yeah. and i don't remember crazy i i i think you know, for good or bad, I think you are going to be able to take your favorite artists, the police, Bob Marley, the Beatles, Zeppelin, feed all their catalog into something. I don't know what the platform is going to be and say, give me an entire, entirely new album based on these sounds you're hearing with lyrics, etc. And then Larry, you're going to do that with whatever AI platform you want. And I'm going to do it with mine. And we're going to come out with completely personalized you know, experiences that are representative of the Beatles. And then you and I are going to trade those things. It's, I, I wrote, again, wrote in my notes here. It's going to be like, were you a deadhead back in the day? I forget. Oh, yes. Did you like the dead? Oh, I went to I feel like you were. 25 Grateful Dead shows. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot that about you. But I mean, the, the big thing in the, in dead circles was trading tapes that came off the mixing board, right? I mean, having, oh my God, they did Franklin's Tower down in Philadelphia last night, or, yep. you know, like having these really unique kind of shooting star experiences. I think you're going to have, in a parallel way, you're going to have these very unique, oh, Lara, check out the new Beatles album I made, right? Check out the new Zeppelin record I, I you know, prompted last night. It's going to get weird, no? So could it be as, well, so what, what, that 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 whole weekend and Drake thing, um, yeah. So the label had that taken down or what? I forget what the outcome of that was. Um, they did. I, yeah. So, sorry. So if if that's the case, w could it end up being a situation where, uh, like a musical artist will license could license their, uh, you know, likeness or sound or style, and you know, it's it's not mm -hmm. that people are gonna. It, people are going to do it freely at first and then is it something that's going to get clamped down on kind of like napster back in the day um and yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know. so yeah to your point i there's an artist grimes have you ever heard of I, her i know the name i think she was i think she was married to elon oh, musk oh, yeah okay yeah, part, yeah. Part i know who she is i don't know yeah. anything about her uh, musical uh I don't know her music either, but like what you just said, I think artists who are going to be a little more progressive about this and try to get out in front of it, she had this press release a couple of weeks ago that said, hey, anybody out there who wants to take my music and modify it through AI, I'll split the profits with you 50%. So I think she sees the writing on the mm -hmm. wall to an extent. Yeah, that could be where it goes. I don't know. I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I've heard talk about that with uh, in Hollywood, you know, with with CG and and uh, well, you know, I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna film this picture, but if you want to CG me in there, you know, uh, maybe uh, like Bruce Willis, you know, that 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 could extend his career, you know, something like that. 
Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you mentioning Bruce Willis. I feel like I saw where he had a clause in his contract where he said, you may not insert my likeness into a film, like an AI mm. likeness of me. I think that was part of his agreement. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Napster and, and we're, you know, a vanilla ice Napster moment. Can you explain for, for the young ones out there, all you young ones that are listening, what was Napster, Larry? We're, I'm old enough to remember Napster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, uh, well, it didn't last long. Um, yeah, that was like 1999, and it was a peer-to-peer uh, music sharing platform. It's kind of like BitTorrent for, for music. And uh, a lot of uh, our musicians and record labels were <laughs> vehemently opposed to it. <laughs> uh, shocking. And uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was only around for a couple of years, and then it got shut down. And then other services popped up, uh, LimeWire, and uh, I'm trying to remember what else. LimeWire, um, yeah. What, what some of the other ones were. Nutella, I think. Was there one? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Was there one FrostWire? Am I making that up in my brain? Uh, I feel like there was FrostWire. I don't know why. <laughs> it sounds like I'm, a good name, man. It does. I'm going to start and that. And then, Nap- um, then Napster came back. Yeah. Um, it was like their... It did? Well, uh, Best Buy, I think it was, that they, they, they bought the assets of the company and and they had some other music streaming service and then Napster became legit but I don't I don't oh. think it ever uh, ever had any kind of market success but may- yeah I don't remember that may- part of their story yeah. but yeah yeah may- maybe it's still around we don't even know but maybe right like is myspace still around i don't even know it's kind of it's kind of in that category i don't know but, let me check my what you were saying account. before <laughs> nice my earthlink account <laughs> Ooh, nice. yeah, yeah. I, I gotta just fire up netscape navigator to do that first <laughs> i knew you were gonna say netscape <laughs> okay right, i knew done. it <laughs> moving on it's great um but napster as you explained it was one of these points in in tech and entertainment history because prior to napster old dudes like larry and i had to go to physical stores right i used to go to sam goody (laughs) and record world and what was the one in jersey up in ford new jersey man i can't think of it. vintage vinyl oh yeah remember vintage vinyl sure yeah so then this service comes along napster of course created by like some I don't know, kid in his college dorm, where all of a sudden Larry and I don't have to go anywhere. And I can say, hey, Larry, do you have the latest Metallica album? And he says, sure, man. And he would just Send you zip it over to me really on a file. awful right? sounding MP3. Yeah. <laughs> low, super low res, but it didn't matter because it was novelty and it was cool. And all of a sudden I had the entire Metallica collection mm. and Lars didn't like no. that. And Lars went in front of Senate panels and hearings. The bottom line is the music industry did not know how to deal with this huge leap in, in delivering their media, right? Because before that it was people had to go buy compact discs or vinyl somewhere, but now we don't have to do that. And now you have a whole new model that you have to contend with. And that's what we're looking at right now. In a, in a, in a may, maybe even more exponential fashion. Obviously, Napster and distribution that way was a big challenge for them. But people weren't weren't changing the content. People weren't extracting the essence of an artist and creating new work. It wasn't like that, you know, that was just, were, just good old fashioned theft. <laughs> just piracy, man. Just piracy. Now it's a strange new terrain. Like, how do you even, how do you corral this? How, wh- 
I don't even know where does homage end and where does plagiarism begin. Right. Right. Yeah, this is a, definitely a gray area, and I don't, I don't, I don't have an answer to that at all. Um, I, it, unless it's yeah. just like some deep-rooted AI um, regulation, where just somehow anything that is AI-generated content is got some kind of tag, you know, that you can't really get around too easily, and and uh, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. having a BMI or ASCAP or for for musical likenesses. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just can be a whole underground wave of content. I, I don't, I don't know what a challenge. Um, so speaking of that, I, I was also considering some advances we're seeing. Yeah. I know, I know you play with mid journey a lot, which is that text to image generator. And of course, uh, Photoshop, you know, Adobe's flagship product had to get in on all this AI uh, hype and they recently released a beta of Photoshop uh, which contains what they call generative fill um, and I don't know if you played with that at all but what you can do is essentially bring in a digital image and I'm looking at you Larry on my screen and I can bring in that a screen cap of you sitting in your lovely studio and then I can you know drag my selection tool around a corner of your studio and say you know uh, in the generative fill box, it's a little prompt box that pops up. I can say, please insert a flying spaghetti monster. And it will take a moment to conjure that image. It'll consider the lighting in the room, et cetera, et cetera, the style, and boom, out comes that flying spaghetti monster. Or if you're outside in your backyard, I can highlight the sky and say, insert the Aurora Borealis, and boom, there it is. It's incredible. I like how you always say please at the beginning of your prompts. Very polite. You have to be kind to these things. <laughs> they're, com- they're, they're coming for us. You know what saved right? us? Chris putting please in front of his prompts. That 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 right. was a good <laughs> good manners. Yeah. Save the human race. Could, I'm gonna have ChatGPT write it. It could be a write, test. <laughs> right? This is the first test that they're sending sending for the human race. All right. And we're failing, mis- failing right. miserably, except for me and you. All right. If they say please, we will not crush them. <laughs> Do not kill humans if they say please. <laughs> um, so, and listen, maybe you'll appreciate this extrapolation as I go wide with this. But if, if, if Photoshop can create generative fill that's basically doing all the photo editing for me, then I know you deal with Pro Tools a lot and all these other digital audio workstations. You know, I, I'm a simpleton. I deal with GarageBand, but I think we're very close to the point where I can go in Pro Tools and I can play my rinky-dink guitar line and sing <laughs> the remnants of a song and say, okay, Pro Tools, can you please provide me with some instrumentation to accompany this track? I'd like to have a clavinet in the in the, in the the vein of Stevie Wonder circa 1973. And, you know, and it'll, it'll analyze the key that my song is in and the tempo etc and maybe it'll suggest in the same way that you know mid journey or dolly spit out three different possibilities for images for you it'll give me three different midi tracks of clav or a Rhodes electric piano what do you think yeah i, I think some of that's happening now and um yeah and um you know you at least you've got a head start because you're actually a good guitar player and a very good singer so that's uh <laughs> well thanks uh but yeah there's tools to fix that if you aren't <laughs> those have been around for a while right but 
But I think that, yeah, like just like uh, Jenner DeFillo, there's probably going to be a, I screwed up the, the, you know, four bars of this guitar solo and just chop it out and just, just have it fill that in with a, a proper uh, performance that's based on what preceded and what came after it. That's totally happening. Right. I think, I think it is. And I, I would imagine I could be wrong. Like in the same way that you take something like chat GPT, a large language model, and you train it with eight years worth of input from different sources, whether those sources are Reddit, I don't fully know where all that content comes from in the language. And, but I mean, in the same way, couldn't you take a pro tools, uh, generative fill, uh, you know, AI and say, I'm going to hire Stuart Copeland to, to train this AI, or I'm going to hire, chick korea or whomever to play the instrument for this particular you know ai assisted instrumentation i think that's going to be a marketing uh piece for pro tools etc oh this particular package is prompted by x musician i don't know is that a stretch yeah, yeah i think that's i think that's totally happening i and i don't i don't i don't know if this is is, is fair to say but i would think that chat gpt when you're just as far as general knowledge, that requires way more data than than doing that just with music. And I'm not, you know, music. Mm -hmm. There's there's only so many notes in the scale. You know, I know there's a thousand millions of different interpretations and sure. styles and feels. And I'm not trying to dumb it down by any means, but it does seem like a simpler problem to solve. It does. It's it's more niche. It's more proprietary. And to your point. You're, I think you're going to have proprietary flavored AI pop up across all different industries, wouldn't you? Like in law, can you just feed in all the the precedents and all the law, you know, law school books into an AI and just make it a super lawyer? Not that you would want that in the world, but you know, like, and a psychologist, a, a therapist, like feed in the DSM or feed in whatever, you know, all uh, somebody in that field and have an AI tuned specific you know, for that field. I think, I think they're doing that now. I think that's part of the, right? part of the business model. Like these are trainable models and, um, mm -hmm. and you can, you know, it, uh, in, in certain business tasks, it's, you can, you can just hyper focus on, on, on one small task for this to do and, and train it yourself and not require data yeah. centers uh, that, you know, uh, a friend of mine told me, I think, Chat GPT costs seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a day to to run, um, but that's that's they've got millions of users and there's a huge load on it and there's a crazy amount of compute behind it. But when you're just trying to train a model mm -hmm. for for a specific task, I think that's a lot more lightweight and you could run it on a you know in an office or on a on a I, I don't know I, I don't I don't know the I, I don't know exactly what the, the technical requirements are, but that's the impression I, I get. Yeah, that sounds completely accessible and doable. And as you're talking, I'm thinking that's going to be a new career path for people, right? Is going into businesses, small to medium size or, or large and saying, hey, listen, I'm going to take all your processes, whatever they are, however mundane they are, and I'm going to feed them in here. I'm going to prompt, I'm going to tune this specific AI for you and you can lose... 80% of your workforce by next Thursday, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure that's going to happen. No. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious. I wonder what the, 
don't know, to train to train an AI to answer uh, customer service emails for a specific type of business, how long does that take to train? It, it, it's it, that doesn't seem that seems like it would still take some time, uh, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I wish I, that's that's something I, I want to dig into more because I'm curious about it. Yeah. I, I'm wondering, like, would it take the same amount of time as it would to train a, a room full of humans to man a call center or mm. be customer service reps? I mean, whatever that is. I, don't, I have no idea. Eight weeks, right? And so take that whole output, whatever that training course is, and just feed it in. I don't know. I know. I, I've heard the number thrown around with each iteration of GPT takes six months of train to train. So if that oh, okay. gigantic, you know, beast takes six months, then maybe customer service, you know, uh, responses a for lighter, a, lighter lift for a simple, you know, mail order business wouldn't take all that long. Yeah, uh, I think that that's definitely common. That kind of approach. Um, so you and I, speaking of AI infiltrating the arts and you know, kind of manifesting in this space, you and I have behind the scenes been having this kind of Pepsi challenge of sorts with two competing text-to-image generators, uh, one on your side being Midjourney, mid and on my side uh, through Bing, which is Microsoft, uh, they have a, their own generator, image generator uh, via DALI. So long story short is, I'll throw in a prompt and see what I can get. Last week we were talking about this crazy scheme I had for Hologramma, which would be an AI-assisted immortality platform for your aging loved ones. Uh, and I said to Dali, I said, hey, what? please create, please create <laughs> a, a photorealistic picture of uh, grandma being, uh, you know, projected by a hologram from a mobile device and came out with a particular look and Larry, what does yours look like do you feel that your output was superior or no no yours yours won uh on this one and and it the first one it 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 i'm looking at them now and it's uh the they were grandmothers but they had a hologram in their hands it wasn't a hologram of a right. grandmother although the there is one of this grandmother with a hologram of herself in her hand so at least it was <laughs> starting to go in the right direction yeah. But, uh, but yeah, your prompt said something like a photorealistic image of a grandma. Um, I forget what the rest of the prompt was, but uh, so I, ch I changed right. image to hologram and, uh, but, but mm -hmm. that, that it still kind of gave me the same, the same general result. Uh, but your, yours, yours suits, uh, what, what you were going, going after. Yeah, I feel like thematically, whatever I put in was closer to the mark overall. I did think where your where Midjourney excelled was the photorealism of the faces. I thought those mm. grandmas looked Very, like grandmas, yeah. <laughs> proper right? grandmas. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we'll continue with our experiments and we'll share them to our website and and blog if you're if you care to take a look. And that brings me to this. Last week we were talking about your massive collection uh your shrine to your living cat roxy on your phone <laughs> yeah. right and we and you had kind of you know extrapolated from that our conversation that it's not going to be too far in the future where you can take all those images and create some sort of 3d likeness and i i quipped back i don't even think you need multiple images and and voila here we are can you tell people what what dragon is that you i think you maybe Show me dragon yeah. a week or so yeah, ago. Yeah, I don't think it's even a uh, a product that you can get your hands on. It's a 
Oh, I forget what it is. It's it's a it's, it's some kind of experiment, but uh, it's it's a yeah. the, the the demo video clip that I've seen is you have a picture of well in this case they had a picture of a cat and you can change the pose you you, you can put on control points on the image and mm-hmm. turn the head slightly open the eyes more um, all sorts of manipulations that are well beyond your typical photoshop uh warping and stretching it's 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 mm-hmm. using ai to recompose the image and uh yeah i know I, that's going to be a part of the all this photoshop stuff in, in no time i'm sure but where they've already le- or yeah. they've already bought it up i don't know maybe <laughs> but uh super super impressive yeah, amazing stuff. And, uh, you know, I mentioned, we mentioned Photoshop and the generative fill. They also have this other, um, and, and it's, uh, and I guess, and it's yeah. doing it in real time too. So it's not, it's oh, not know. taking a moment to generate it. It's, it's as you're pushing and pulling, you can see it's, it's, it's creating new, new imagery and it's not just, just, right. it's warping it right before your yeah. eyes and considering, considering lighting and it's crazy yeah i think it's only like a, a white paper yeah, now that, that's, i don't think that's, it actually that's has what it was, that was the word i was looking for yeah yeah i saw a demo of it i don't think it's available for public consumption but um yeah so photoshop adobe has their skin in the game with firefly which is i guess what's driving the generative fill behind the scenes and also in video it's going to be part of premiere i believe in the near future uh speaking of text to video and generative video have you seen that really kind of disturbing ai generated thing called pepperoni hug spot no have you seen that no what's <laughs> you have to see it we'll put it up on our blog okay. I'll, I'll find a link and I'll, I'll share it with you larry so somebody took all the pizza hut commercials and papa john's commercials <laughs> over the past decades and they fed it into this i don't know if it's runway i know runway is one of the text to video kind of platforms <laughs> yes. Fed him, fed him in as, as reference images and it came back so disturbing. It's like, it's got this really cold, like, voiceover and people's faces are distorted eating like in a disgusting <laughs> manner and it, but it's got some really funny things at the end it's like i think the tagline is something like like family but with more cheese <laughs> so yeah it's great i will share that pepperoni hug spot which is awful sounding anyway so which ties into the news, which is, if you've been following this, the Screen Actors Guild, the writers in Hollywood, they have all been going on strike because they are feeling the heat from AI. Um, they, they fear that their jobs are going to be taken away very soon. Uh, and I don't think they're wrong. And I do see that HBO launched its new platform, which is HBO Max or Max, whatever they're calling it these days. And I saw that there was some uproar that they've already started to remove writing and directing credits uh, when you stream a, a you know a movie. So I don't know if they're anticipating that they're going to be creating more and more AI content that will go creditless, perhaps. Mm. Yeah, that's that is part of this that I don't like. It's like, are, are we just, mm-hmm. just muting our own voices, removing the creative element, even if the, even if the output or is, is good. Are, are yeah. we just handing, handing it over? I, that's, yeah, that's the problem. I, I think we're again, 30 seconds away from a mass market blockbuster summer movie that will have been written 
created, you know, the visuals, edited, scored, you name it. The whole thing, soup to nuts, will be AI. And we won't know any better. It may be a novelty. Hey, let's go see this AI blockbuster at Cinepolis or... I don't even know. Let's go see that this summer. And we're either going to embrace the novelty of it or we're not going to know at all. Have you heard that? that it was created that, by AI. So uh, Jim Cameron is working on a Terminator movie, but he's kind of put it on pause because he wants to see what the impact of of AI is on 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 people. He, he wants to get a little more lay of the land before he you know continues working on the movie. So it's impacting him, um, mm -hmm. but like that's a guy I want to. I always want to. I'm I'm on board for any Jim Cameron movie. I've been a longtime fan of his, and uh, yeah, and uh, I can't imagine a you know not having a voice like that. You know, I don't know, but maybe mm -hmm. AI can nail it. But that's kind of yeah. kind of not. It's kind of sad though. It is. But I think, with, and again, as a creativity and productivity amplifier in the hands of somebody like Cameron, who's always been a trailblazer, if you think about Terminator 2 and the liquid metal, or you think about Avatar and that whole immersive kind of 3D environment that he created, if anybody's going to do something revolutionary with it and still keep that human element as part of it, I think maybe he's the guy to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. One thing I, I do think is going to happen in the near term, a couple things. I think we're going to be inundated with AI songs, either complete AI production, like we saw with the Drake weekend thing at the beginning of this episode, or we're going to see human AI collaborations, and those are going to be embraced as well, either with voice cloning or just lyrical, instrumental kind of pieces. I think we're going to see that. I think it's going to fall into its own little genre, maybe. Mm. Um Oh, and just just real quick, just circling back to the uh, Hollywood thing, I I saw this uh, interview with Justine Bateman, and what she said, she said, I think AI has no place in Hollywood at all. To me, tech should solve problems that humans have, and you know, she goes on to say that well, we have plenty of talent. There's no shortage of of talent, and um, mm -hmm. she said using ChatGPT or any software that's uh, using AI to write screenplays, using that in place of a writer is not solving a problem. We don't have a lack of writers. We don't have a lack of actors. We don't have a lack of directors. We don't have a lack of talented people. And uh, uh, that that's a fair point. But but to your point, you know, it, using it as a tool but not a replacement, I think is 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 fine. Yeah, I think it's going to make talented people be more prolific. I think it's going to inspire them. Oh my God, look look how much. I can generate and how much I can brainstorm and how much I can revise and refine, I think. I think you're also going to see a wave of fan fiction. I think you're going to see people using things like ChatGPT and finding the lost script of their favorite, you know, tertiary Star Wars character and like throwing it in there and spitting out that kind of stuff for that universe, I think. Yeah. Or if it gives you a framework to then flesh out or make your own kind of, you know, it's cool. It's a tool. It is. But also when people like Justine Bateman say that kind of stuff, and I hear this across not just entertainment, but I hear it across a lot of different industries and just in reading things, I think there's a fair amount of arrogance and hubris when people say things like, oh, this is never going to take my job. I can never do this or I can never do that. 
I don't know. Never, I, I don't, never say never. <laughs> I, yeah, right. I, I think it. I think it can do quite a bit, and sooner than we think. Yeah. I, so I had. With that said, I, yeah, I had posted some some um, uh, some mid journey images on Facebook, and I was curious to see what uh, some of my actual genuine artist and commercial artist friends what their reaction would be and two of them uh and the two that i i expected to comment both said they use it and um but they use it as a as a as a tool to get a concept together quickly for a client mm -hmm. but then they yeah. put their hands on it and they they create you know something that you know they, they do it the way they would but it's it's a it they're, they're using it as a tool and uh, one of the guys is mm -hmm. is in a like a commercial i think he's in like a commercial graphic design environment and and uh they're all they they're, they're all got a got an, a mid-journey account and mm -hmm. uh they have you know a prompting class that they were taking and they're even talking mm, about running a, diff a stable diffusion server in the in their office uh, wow. and, and he said it's a, it's an, an adapter die situation and uh, that's you know because you know their competitors are gonna make their clients happier mm -hmm. faster and so but but exactly. but yeah they're not just generating the final product with it and and i don't, I don't know about the other ones but midjourney it outputs at, at 1024 it's not print resolution you definitely have to use some other tools to upscale it like gigapixel or something like that that works incredibly well but but it's it's uh I and it doesn't do text you know it mangles text it does it, and, yeah and, it doesn't get and that. most commercial projects are going to have a pretty heavy text uh element to it so it's not there yet as a complete replacement but nope but it'll be there six months yeah right <laughs> i listen uh, to all this, it's going to come down to the AI haves and the AI have-nots, whatever industry you're in. Yep. AI-powered, AI-assisted, whatever. All right. So this stuff is moving forward really quickly. And on a weekly basis, we're going to give you you know, the, the, the overview of this whole thing, the 40,000-foot view. And Raina is going to do the honors and read us the news. OpenAI CEO Sam Altman dropped a major bombshell during a U.S. Senate hearing on AI. He wants to create an agency to regulate and license AI models. This agency would be the boss, granting licenses to companies working on advanced AI models and yanking them away if safety standards are violated. AI systems that can go rogue and manipulate us? That's a big no-no. Senators agree that AI is a big deal, calling it an atomic bomb moment. They're working together to come up with AI rules because, hey, it's one of the few things they agree on these days. OpenAI is feeling the heat from open source models, so they're planning to release their own open source model. It's like they're saying, hey, we can play that game too. Google's fancy Palm 2 language model rocked the medical world by acing U.S. medical test questions with 86.5% accuracy. Even real doctors preferred its answers over their own. Looks like AI is giving doctors a run for their money. And finally, and perhaps most alarmingly, a fake image created with AI technology showing an explosion near the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., caused a momentary panic in the market before being debunked by the Arlington Fire Department. It's a reminder that AI can have both creative and deceptive uses. Yeah, when I when I saw that, that Pentagon story, I, mm. my immediate reaction is, uh, and now it's happening now, <laughs> you know, and, and the market yeah. reacting and all that stuff. 
But tell me, tell me if you agree with this. If you look at the picture, it's nothing that couldn't have been done and arguably couldn't have been done better in Photoshop. So right. it's not necessarily, this is, I wouldn't fault AI for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think the, the problem is that, that it got retweeted by news organizations and, um, that's, they probably should have done yeah. their, made a phone call first. Right. You know, but that's not to say that this, this doesn't illustrate a scenario where, where an AI generated image could, could, um, you know, exactly cause a cause some kind of fallout but uh cause a stir but yeah i think you're right in that obviously the media grab latches onto these things and does a bit of fear-mongering i I see it everywhere you know you got to kind of cut through all this noise yeah ai is in the news but um i think they they do it to sensationalize it right to a big extent i looked at the the latest cover of time magazine have you seen that no it says the end it's a big red cover the end of humanity question mark i think there's a question mark uh-huh. and the a and the i and humanity are uh-huh. the only like illuminated things on the cover so uh, you know take it with a grain of salt i think there's definitely opportunity for people to be inflammatory and to, to sensationalize it all right yeah and the fact that you're hearing a lot of concern from uh people who have well, essentially created this uh, or mm-hmm. were like really smart computer science, like uh, Turing award winners, you know, um, which is like the most, I, I think that's, that's kind of like winning the Super Bowl in computer science, right. you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, that adds some weight to the concern uh, in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you could also look at it. Uh, some of these people, this does, this does not apply to, but, uh, I guess someone like Sam Altman, like, oh, hey, bad news is good news. You know, this is this is free publicity, and even though it's like, hey, we've created sure. a monster, it's like it 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 it's in the news and 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 uh, it's, it's publicity. Um, but I don't know. I kind of don't get that. I don't I don't entirely get that vibe from just because there's so many heavy hitters that are chiming in and, mm. and expressing concern over it, and it, and and it's it seems legit to me. It seems like well, why wouldn't there be concern about it? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, something, especially since there's so many uh, opportunities for development in an open context, like you don't know, you, how would you regulate that? How would you really keep an eye on what people are doing with this stuff? Um, but when I do see people like Sam Altman go in front of, the, of Congress and say, we got to put guardrails on it. I, I also wonder, at least for somebody in his position, is it a bit of gatekeeping at this point? You know, n- now that you've been the out in front of all this now you're trying to like close the door behind you and prevent others from getting uh you know a foothold maybe mm. oh oh that's an interesting interesting take on it or or uh there's there was some other recent uh letter that uh, or that all these people signed and this was not the one that was calling for a six month pause on development um this mm-hmm. was just a, another one just basically saying hey we need to get guardrails in place and um, it's something to that effect, and and it was a who's who 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 signed this. But is it just because like, well, I don't want to be the one who doesn't sign this, <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, there's a lot who didn't speak up. Yeah, a lot, a lot of you know Chinese tech companies were sign, signed that too, which was like, oh, well, that's nice to hear, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, is it is it uh, is it out of legit concern, or uh, or are they really going to participate in in uh, 
and trying to make this safe. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. If we can really get you know, global cooperation and wrangling this thing and making it not be destructive. Um, actually, I think in an upcoming episode, we should talk about all, who, are, who are these uh, whistleblowing is not the right term, but who are the ones that are voicing these concerns and where, where do they come from? What, what are these concerns specifically? Um, I think that should be a whole episode. Don't you? Yeah. 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 So I want to circle back to the theme of the show, which is the proliferation of AI and the arts. And I wanted to talk really quickly about my first experiment with this, because I look at this as a collaborator, maybe you do too, uh, you know, this creativity amplifier. And the first notion I had to experiment with, uh, chat GPT was to take some old songs that I had written and I threw them in there and I said, Hey, you know, they're un like many people who write things. I have tons of stuff that's unfinished. Maybe you do too, Lara. I don't know, but it's like, all right, I have these songs from when I was in my twenties. Can you do anything with it? So I threw speaking, them in there. Speaking of the, unfinished, the, the, the music at the beginning of the show, that that's an unfinished, <laughs> that was just, you know, I, yeah. playing around in the studio and it's, uh, yeah, that, that's great. I think somewhere down the road, let's throw that into an AI and see where it takes it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I took these old lyrics and I think I had maybe a verse or a chorus of a couple songs. I said, can you please, please flesh out the rest of the song? Give me, give me a bridge. Give me like, I even wrote the C section. I wrote the bridge. I wrote pretty, pretty well. Like, of course, to your point earlier, you know, when people are like art directors, creative directors for advertising agencies, they're using these platforms, but then ultimately they're stepping in and being the executive producer and saying, okay, yeah, I like that. Let's change this, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I do think that will change. But so to that point, one of the first things I did just to goof off was to have it write a song for me from scratch. And I said, the prompt was, if I recall it correctly, was ChatGPT, please write us a love song as if it were penned by Stephen Hawking, the astrophysicist. And it, it came back with a pretty respectable little love song. And it even titled it Unbreakable Love's Light. Raina, can she read it for us? Is she yes, ready to go? And, and I am stunned at how great this is. When you sent right? me that when you sent me these lyrics, I was like, that's not just passable or clever it's beautiful Solid. i mean it's really great and you were like let's record this and i i think this song should be recorded because the lyrics are that good my heart's a singularity a dense and infinite place where love's equations intersect creating cosmic grace though my body may be bound by laws of physics it's true my love for you defies all bounds in a way that's simply new you are my event horizon my celestial light, the curvature of space and time, my heart's delight. In this vast universe, you are my cosmic spark, a gravitational force pulling me from the dark. So let us dance among the stars, our love's a cosmic dance, two souls entwined in space and time, an eternal romance. For though my body may be bound, my heart is forever free, boundless, timeless, infinite love, our cosmic destiny. I mean, damn. Yeah. I, right? if, if I wrote I that, I I'd be like, dude, tear. you got, I, I, I had a moment. You wouldn't, I'm so proud of this. <laughs> it's, it's really it's, great. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's nailed it. <laughs> totally. And, you know, I think, you know, during the course of this first season or beyond, we should 
take this where it wants to go yes. and feed it into some other AI and let it suggest a chord progression and maybe even play it and find a vocal clone and then have david I, I don't bowie know vocal clones can sing yeah. absolutely <laughs> wow that'd be great that'd be perfect right yeah I, I love it so yeah so that's the first thing i did one of the second the second thing i did was i want ChatGPT to write I think I called this series of experiments uh, literary greats against bureaucracy. <laughs> and one of the first things I had it do was I had it write a, it fight a parking ticket in the voice of Cormac McCarthy. If you know Cormac McCarthy, he wrote kind of dark stuff like No Country for Old Men and The Road, etc. And that came out great. But one of my favorites was I had, I said, write uh, a, a resignation letter in the style of Ernest Hemingway. And uh, I think we have it here. And Larry, I thought you got this great voice. Can you give me your best Ernest Hemingway and read yeah. this? This oh, was yeah. again, written by ChatGPT. This is a resignation letter in the style of Ernest Hemingway. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't necessarily do an Ernest <laughs> Hemingway impression, but I'll, I'll give it my best. And uh, I was going to say, uh, you know, it just says dear recipient's name. And I think back in, and back in that time, he'd be like, dear sirs, you know, and that's totally inappropriate now. <laughs> but, but I remember finding a, a letter from my grandfather and uh, when we were clearing out my dad's house. And I, this was a story, I'm just going to go on a little tangent here, but um, yeah, of course he, uh, he, <laughs> <laughs> he wrote a letter to Campbell's Soup uh, uh, because he 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 bought their uh, I don't know some some soup with beans in it and he was Ugh. just he was upset that they were not including enough beans and uh, <laughs> and, and he actually wrote That's the company great. about it and the other uh, letter started out with dear sirs but anyway okay and I, and I, the great part about that too is that you know Campbell's was like had such integrity that they probably wrote him back and oh, they, they sent did. him like a month's supply of beans. That's soup, exactly right? what happened. Yeah, yeah. They gave him like a you know, case God. of soup or something like that. <laughs> back when companies cared yeah, at all, right? Yeah. The, the letter is absolutely hysterical. But, Dear sirs. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right, back to Ernest. Uh, <clears throat> Dear sirs, I resign. I can no longer continue tethered to the confines of this office, chained to the expectations and demands that weigh heavily upon my soul. I must venture forth, unshackled in search of new horizons, and unapologetically pursue my own path. I have been fortunate to have shared moments with the team to have contributed to the endeavors of this organization. However, I find myself yearning for a different rhythm, a different pace, a different adventure. The world awaits, beckoning with its mysteries and wonders, ready to reveal its stories that I'm eager to embrace and experience firsthand. I must heed the call, follow my heart, and take this leap of faith. I leave behind my gratitude for the opportunities and the camaraderie that we have shared. I carry with me the lessons learned, the memories cherished, and the friendships forged. In parting, I wish you and the team every success in your future endeavors. May your pursuits be filled with purpose and passion. Thank you for your understanding. I love it. I, I feel like I should applaud over here. That's, that was incredible, man. I'm, I'm moved. The drama, the melodrama of it all. Is, I think that should be a recurring segment, don't you? <laughs> sure. Uh, I love it. Um, yeah. One other thing. So, you know, I have a 15-year-old son, and this 
this whole AI wave is not lost on their generation either. So he went to ChatGPT and he loves rap. I don't know where that comes from. I'm not, I'm not a rap fan. All I do is play Rush at this kid and somehow he turns into a rap <laughs> fan. Well, that's cool. It's all good. Um, so he said to ChatGPT, and we're from New Jersey, uh, Jersey represent just like you, Lair. And he said, please give me a rap name and knowing that I'm from New Jersey and it called him Garden State Menace. <laughs> Isn't that great? Garden, GS, no, uh, sorry. GS Menace. GS Menace. Yeah, yeah, there we G go. Isn't that, isn't that great? Yeah. So, and when you were reading that and we were listening to Raina read the Stephen, Haw uh, you know, recite the Stephen Hawking song, I was thinking about ChatGPT and large language models and how they're driven and trained by humans over the course of X amount of years and they're looking at things that are composed by humans. And again, I mentioned Reddit earlier. I believe I read that ChatGPT, OpenAI, wanted to, to pay Reddit, I forget how many millions of dollars, so that it could look at its data, look at its archives of conversations and train it on that. So with that said, whatever the data set is, when we write and we make things, aren't we just collaborating with other humans via by proxy with the largest set of collaborators that have ever existed their creative potential kind of again synthesized into this one collaborator i mean it's it feels like we're cheating i think you said earlier it feels dirty but mm. at the same point it's like it's kind of magical that we get to collaborate with all these people right and and all of their nuances and language and their influences and i don't know that's the yeah. way i think about it now yep yep and you 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 got to take the good with the bad and and obviously uh, uh, kind of yeah. You know, anytime you're especially in, in if if you participate in certain forums uh, like regularly, you you kind of get a feel for the 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 signal to noise. You know who who the, yeah. who the people are to listen to and 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 who the noise are. You know what the noise is and mm -hmm. and uh, you kind of got to. It takes time to figure that out. Um, I mean, there's some mm -hmm. obvious things. Oh, well, this guy's an idiot or whatever. But, but uh, yeah, does a does a large language model is it capable of that too? Well, I mean, is it being trained by a, a lot of noise as well? And you know, is is right? What? Well, yeah. What is, happens is, when is, a large language model is trained by idiots? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The movie Idiocracy. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's great. It's gonna be a documentary soon. But. <laughs> Yeah, and you made me think of, you know, it's you're kind of rolling the dice sometimes, right? Or I guess all the time to an extent when you're putting something in as a request or a prompt in ChatGPT, like, please generate this, please generate that. And you never really know what you got. I, I liken it to rolling, you know, spinning a magic eight ball. Like, you're going to get these interesting results every time. And sometimes they're going to be really good. There was something else you just said that made me think of, um, you know, kind of randomly getting output and trying to dial in the signal to noise. I can't think of, there was a, an analogy I was thinking of. It'll come back to me. But yeah, it's, oh, I know what it was. I'm wondering if that's where hallucinations come from. Because hallucinations, as maybe the audience knows, is this kind of weird artifact that's happening with large language models like ChatGPT, where it will seemingly just, you know, spit out wrong facts. It won't have the right data set that it's pointing to so i'm wondering if these hallucinations just come from people who have tuned them with missing misinformation or disinformation or just train them upon some 
set that wasn't of the times i don't you know what i'm saying yeah maybe yeah i don't know, I don't know. it's uh like when i was saying if you participate in particular forums um regularly you get to know who the knowledgeable people are and and stuff but a lot of people rely on Reddit, and just as a result of, uh, and and I'm one of them. I I, uh, I I'm trying to research something, and uh, a lot of times I I feel like, oh, you know what? I'm probably gonna find the information uh, in in a thread on Reddit, and so I'll, I'll mm-hmm. limit the search to that. But I don't know who these people are, and it, then then you have to kind of just sift through a lot of stuff and like, all right, well this the re- I see m- multiple people suggesting this solution or this product or you know whatever, and then I guess you can just w- have that that weigh in on your your uh, decision. But but yeah, does a large language model? I mean, I I don't I don't see that being super guided with all of all of that. I don't know. I don't I don't know how that how how it works and how how you focus it on accurate information yeah i think circling back to our earlier conversation i think you're going to f- have those the the signal in terms of uh, a reliable ai platform chat chatbot whatever you want to call it in, in the future that is going to be specialized in whatever area right that you will come to rely on that oh yeah i know bard can do this for me or i know chat gpt can do this for me i think it's going to turn into different flavors maybe i have also i was thinking yeah good I was just gonna say I have a uh, an app on my phone called Perplexity, and it's I don't know what powers it. I don't know if it's powered by GPT or not. I I, I, I suspect not because the thing that differentiates it. I don't know if it's as good, um, but whatever you ask it, when it gives you the answer, it actually also includes. It lets you know what its sources were. Oh, which is kind of cool. It it acts like GPT, mm-hmm. where it's just you know plain plain language interaction with it, and you can just ask it a question or ask it to write your recipe for buffalo wings or you know whatever. Um, but then it will at the end of it, it'll have uh, it it'll give you links to the sources of of what it drew from. That's great. Which is kind of cool. That's great. Know? Yeah, really cool. I, that's definitely one of the shortcomings of ChatGPT at this point, at least without plugins, right? I know in like ChatGPT four, I believe you can have other plugins that give it internet accessibility and you can actually dial in citations or at least have it provide them. I saw along those lines, there was a lawyer. Did you see this article? There was a lawyer who went to court and submitted his case, which had largely been fueled by chat GPT and was found to be totally erroneous. Oops. So it was a big up- uproar. <laughs> yeah. So again, again, How I think- How does feel a, about that? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, right? Like, the world's worst lawyer, like on the rest of development, right? Is it, I forget Henry Winkler's character on there. But one other thing you, you mentioned that reminded me and kind of made me come back to the theme, which is the arts, is that- with all of this said, I'm wondering, is there going to be like a counter movement? Is there going to be this anti-AI sentiment, you know, at least that pervades the arts, like what Justine Bateman was saying, like, you know, and maybe what Raina addressed at the very top of the show, is it the domain solely of humans? Is, it, is the only true art that, that, that is created by humans? Mm. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Oh man, I want. I wanted to mention this other thing. I forgot to tell you. Talking about audio, and then maybe we'll wrap it up in a couple minutes. Sure. Um, have you Have you heard of Moise? M O I S E. Have you heard of this app? 
Oh, from you had mentioned I have not played with it yet, but I am super oh my curious God. about it. It's it's nuts. Like going back to the multi-track stuff. So Moise is this app on my son's phone and you can take a two-track recording. You can take a commercial recording of any kind. You get it source it off of YouTube or source it off of TikTok. And for those out there listening, a two-track recording is generally what you would hear you know, streaming to you on Spotify, right? You don't have control over the individual tracks in the song. You can't just say, I want to hear the drums or I want to hear the vocals. Right? That happens in the process called mixing, which Larry is an expert at. But what Moist can do, this little app, free app, I can throw a two-track song in there, Eminem's Lose Yourself is what we used as an example. I can strip out all the instrumentation and be left with just his voice. I can strip out his voice, turn it into a karaoke version. I can strip out everything but the beat. Listen, I know it's it's kind of honing in on frequencies to an extent, but it, it is a click away from being spot on perfect ridiculousness where where I could extract Eminem's voice, throw it into a voice cloner like Eleven Labs, and I could have Eminem co-host the show with us next week. It's that crazy. <laughs> I the thing that excites me about that is is uh, from watching. I don't know if, uh, I'm sure you're probably familiar with Rick Beato. Have you watched? Oh any? yeah. Okay. Yeah. So somehow why, why he gets this song his, is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Why this song is great. Um, and somehow he gets his hands on multi-track. You know, everything separated out, and he's able to solo or just like right, let's listen to the drums on this or the guitar on this. And of all these, you know, really famous songs, and I have had a lifelong dream of like I wish I could get my hands on the multi-track tapes of of a given album mm-hmm. that I adore and just just take a stab at mixing it because uh, it would just that would be the greatest thing ever for me and mm-hmm. I'm like man how does he get these I would do anything for it if the, if that can actually output something like at a, a reasonable quality where I would actually enjoy working with those tracks and being able to mix something that sounds good and and play with it i yeah i'm i'm excited for that that reason alone you know yeah definitely and as you're talking i'm thinking about you know i love led zeppelin 3 i love that album but i don't like the way it sounds i think bonham's kit is way over compressed it's tiny in the mix so i want to run it through moise or something even more sophisticated and take bonham's kit and reamp it or whatever you got to do to it or even just sub it out i'm sure you could at that point break it out into individual tom hits and put triggers in it not to totally geek out for the non-audio inclined out there but like i just think it's you could in the very near future lair with your prowess like just take whatever moving pictures rush and and split that out into the multis 128 tracks and have at it, right? I think that's coming. Yeah, but you, you make a good point because there are some albums that I really like, and I'm like, oh man, I'm just why are the drums buried or why are you know they're right, over compressed right. or you know I mean undoing over compression on something is is tricky, but um, but anyway, but yeah, just being able to like yeah, and just just to play with it would be awesome. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, I think you would really dig it. So I think we should probably maybe wrap it up. Sure. Um, yeah, we cover everything. Do we geek out to everything? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> easy to just go on and on with this because there is no no shortage of content. No, every, and I, every I think day. probably yeah, every day. I think it does merit a second 
episode all about the arts and maybe multiple maybe every season there's an arts you know we check in on what ai is doing in the arts space um so the question i want to leave listeners with is you know again circling back to the head of the head of the episode with the ai the drake track that was created by ai would you in this day and age or maybe in the very near future you know subscribe to an ai artist's spotify feed would you stream it would you listen to it and consider it as as real art would you buy a ticket for an ai powered hologram listen tupac shakur playing at coachella believe it or not his hologram that was 10 years ago so imagine and i don't know why this hasn't happened yet would you buy a ticket to see elvis presley an ai powered hologram go on tour with a live band lara have you ever heard of this uh, vocaloid they call her her name is hatsumiku do you know who that is no so she's this kind of phenomenon in japan she's they call it a vocaloid she's a hologram and she plays on stage with a live band and the kids lose their minds and i from what i understand she's like an open source pop star meaning that lara if you wanted to write lyrics for her you kind of submit it on her website or whatever the platform is and they could work it into her performance it's it's crazy so i'm wondering like with ai and holograms and all this stuff kind of converging like what's that going to mean for legacy pop stars and and the like you know oh that's crazy how long has this uh been going hatsumiku has been around at least 10 years we'll put a wow. link on our on our web website you got to see it it's nuts she's actually really cool she's designed to be like you know the, the quintessential pop star i think they even have her height and her dimensions she's got like <laughs> blue hair she's like the typical like and i'm probably misspeaking but like an anime looking kind of character yeah. killer it's so cool <laughs> crazy so anyway yeah is that is that the space we're in is that something you as a listener are ready to uh buy into are you going to go see your favorite you're going to pay a thousand dollars a seat to go see you know i don't know john lennon or michael jackson or whitney houston play maybe yeah or or just just a totally purpose-built unique ai artist right and i, I gotta say i'm like i, I don't know if i would get I, I doubt i would go to a concert but a good song's a good song's a good song, and uh, I guess I guess if the music truly appeals to me, I'm like, man, eh, I would I would listen to it. But. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and when you're talking about would I go see a concert to it, and they casting doubt on that, I'm like, but then think about what the p potential is. You know, think about the limitations of a human on stage, right? And what where they can be in the arena at any given point, or whatever their longevity on stage. They can only perform for 90 minutes, or I don't know. Like, what could you do with this completely synthetic? kind of creation like mm. at any given point it's over here in the arena maybe, maybe it's multiple places in the arena at any given point it's right in front of you there are no nosebleed seats anymore right <laughs> yeah right everyone's there. got their vr glasses on and uh, yeah <laughs> oh boy craziness all yes. right so until next time everybody <laughs> check us out on social media check out our website upagainstreality.com yeah Larry, you want to uh, end with anything else no no that's it yeah i've just been been trying to get the the website together it's uh, in a very basic form now but it's it's a website so. yeah it's great check yeah. it out and we have uh, a lot of your experimentations up there visually right yeah 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 i was uh, starting to get a little ai image gallery and anything that is notable uh we'll, we'll put hologram up there and you know anything great. we talk about on the show perfect all right everybody we'll see you next week this has been Up Against Reality. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to hear future episodes and be sure to follow us on social media for all things AI. Until next time, stay human, people. 